and uh, he is serving now, preparing to serve as a, an itinerant evangelist to uh, African immigrants to the United States of America, which is a, a, a large, burgeoning, growing population. And, uh, uh, but I'm sure that he has some uh, amazing stories uh, from his life and his experience uh, coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I do know this, I do know this much, is uh, my limited experience, uh, observation, reading, observing, that uh, Liberia is one of the areas of, one of the world's greatest areas of spiritual darkness in a lot of ways. Uh, a lot of voodoo practice, there's even pockets where they still, pr to this day, practice child uh, sacrifice. And uh, I mean, that's just an extreme, but... Uh, we know that in areas where there is great spiritual darkness, there is opportunity for great miracles. The Bible says it this way, where sin did abound, grace did much more abound. And uh, I want to hear good stories about the great God that we serve, and I want to be encouraged, and I want to see what God's going to do in the future in Life Church, in Pasadena, and throughout the world. Praise the Lord. So thank God for Brother Forkpah, uh, who is been educated in the uh, uh, ways of the Lord through life and also through traditional education. We're glad to have him here with you. Brother Fork, with us, Brother Forkpaw, take your liberty. We're so glad to have you with us today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Brown. Somebody in the house say hallelujah. hallelujah. It's my pleasure to greet you tonight in Jesus' mighty name. The only name on our heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Hallelujah. I feel something in the house. I say I feel something in the house. Pastor Brown, I said it all. I have two books in the back that I'm reading um, since I came to the United States. Uh, that's enough of that. I don't want to Take this time to talk about money. Amen. But uh, my wife and children are still in Liberia, West Africa. I've been over here trying to do the immigration stuff. It's taken me six years. I've not seen my wife and children. That's too long. Somebody said too long. Well, we have worked out a deal with home missions in my local church in St. Louis, Missouri. By God's help, they should be here by October. That, that, that's one of the reasons why I'm selling these books. They're back there, or let's say in the front. If you buy a book tonight, you'll be helping to bring my wife and children to the United States. I know you will do that because I don't know how you will feel being without your family for six years. That's way too long. <laughs> Amen. But the Lord's been good to us. Amen. Thank you again, Pastor Brian, for letting me come. I've traveled across the United States of America. I've seen a lot of good churches, fine churches. I've come to realize that behind every good church is a good and excellent pastor. This church is no exception. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for his man over the house. Hallelujah. Glory. Thank you so much, Pastor. I also realize that behind every good and successful pastor is a good first lady. Let's give it up for the first lady I heard. She's in the hospital. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. 
Working with a good pastor is always a good pastoral team. Together we can accomplish much. Let's give it up for the team. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory, glory, glory. Your Bible's in your hands tonight. I, I feel the Lord has a word for the house. Amen. Yes. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. Daniel 3, 23. Basically a testimony that I want to share with you by way of preaching. Glory to God. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. You there say amen. amen. I know you are standing. Let's continue to stand when you come to an apostolic church. That's part of what you get. It's a seesaw. Sit down, stand up, and do whatever. Amen. It takes glory to God. But we're having fun tonight. Amen. I'm like pastor. I feel revival spirit in the house. Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. But thou said the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, somebody shout the waters. Water. I will be with thee, and through the river, somebody shout the rivers. Water. They shall not overflow thee, and when thou walkest through the fire, somebody say the fire. Water. Thou shall not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. Those are all precious promises of God precious promises of God. Daniel 3 23 and these three men Shadrach Meshach and Abednego fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king who was astounded and rose up in haste and speak and said unto the counselors did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire. They answered and said unto the king true O king he answered and said lo I see four men loose and walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt and the form of the fourth is like the son of God. My subject this night is simply this loose and walking with the fourth man in the fire. Loose and walking with the fourth man in the fire. What I want you to do tonight is to lay your Bibles down, whatever you have in your hand. I know some of you good people are trying to write the, the, the theme and the, the subject and trying to remember what the preacher preach about. That's all fine. But what I want us to do right now is to lay down everything that you're holding in your hand. Let's raise up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Let's fill this house with some real apostolic Pentecostal noise tonight. Come on, go ahead and open your mouth. Let's begin to praise him. Fill this house with some noise. Hallelujah, Lord. Come on, let the Holy Ghost take over the house tonight. Yeah, come on, praise him. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, Elan. Come on, let's praise him. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Praise him. Praise him. Clap your hands unto the Lord. For we praise you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. 
You may be seated. God bless you tonight. Amen. It seems like it would be easy to preach. Amen. It's a fine church. This is a good church. Amen. I feel something in the house tonight. I believe the Lord is about to set some people free. Hallelujah. You know, I, when I go to a fine, when I come to a fine church like this one, I, you know, I watch people as they worship God, and I can tell exactly what the Lord intends to do for the service. I believe the Lord is here to lose somebody tonight. Uh, this is what I want to say at the upset of this service. It doesn't matter how you came in here. What matters tonight is how you're going to leave from this place. <laughs> Glory to God. You see, I grew up in a little African village in Liberia, like uh, Pastor Brown has said earlier. Uh, as a child, I was born in that village. Missionaries had gone to plant a church when I grew up to be a child. Amen. Everybody else in the village uh, was going to church, so I went to church too. And one of the reasons why I went to church was because, or I kept going to church, was because the missionaries used to be very kind on Sunday morning. They would divide candies. Amen. Every child went to Sunday school, you had a handful of candies. I just want to be very honest with you. Why I went to church? People go to church for various reasons. I went for the candies. <laughs> Hallelujah. But in due process of getting the candy, amen, I think that's what Paul met when he said when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. When I became a man, I didn't go to church any longer because everybody in the village was going to church. I went to church because I wanted to know Jesus for myself. When I became a man, amen, I went to church not because of the kindness. I went to church because I wanted to be saved. I wanted to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And when I repented of my sins, Amen. I went to an old-fashioned altar of repentance, and the Lord baptized me with the Holy Ghost. Evidence by speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit of the Lord gives the utterance. I was baptized in water in Jesus' name for the remission of my sins. Just like the Bible says. And to me, ever since that wonderful day, Church has been an exciting place. You didn't hear me now say church is an exciting place. When you receive the Holy Ghost, evidence by speaking in tongues, church is not a dead, dry, boring place. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house all the Lord, for in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Somebody shall joy. Somebody in the house shall joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, when you receive the Holy Ghost, church is an exciting 
place. You know, we serve a living God. You didn't hear me. I said we serve a living God. We do not serve the God of the dead. We serve the God of the living. If we serve a living God, it implies that his church is also a living church. This church that you and I are a part of is not a dead church. This church is alive and doing well. This church has been through the flood. The flood couldn't drown it. It bent to the lions. The lions couldn't eat it. It bent through the fire. The fire couldn't burn it. We are part of a living church. Oh, yes. You are a living church. You are a hand clapping church. You are a foot stomping church. You didn't hear me. I said the church is a living church. Clap your hands. Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes. Amen. So the God that we serve doesn't want you to die now. He wants you to live. He doesn't want you to be bound and afflicted. He wants you to be loose because you see, the dead cannot praise God. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Amen. That's why our God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. Well, by the time this service is over tonight, you will realize that we did not come from the first church of the refrigerator here, where many are cold and a few are frozen. We come from a fire-baptized church. You didn't hear me. I say we come from a fire-baptized church. John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Somebody shall fire. Somebody in the house shall fire. That's the kind of church we are part of. That's the reason why when Jesus was on earth, he didn't go to too many funerals. And when he went there, he went there to mess it up. That's why he does. He, he comes to offset the enemy's plan. I, I always say that. Let me say that again. Jesus comes to a little town where a little man, just a young man had died. The only son of a widow. And the Bible tells me it was all the funeral plan was arranged, grave, dark, amen. And the people had a funeral procession on the way to the funeral, all the, all the way to the grave. Amen. People were weeping. And, and you can tell people came from everywhere. Some people just love funerals. Oh, they love those kind of, no kind of 
sorrowful services where people go and hang their heads down, tears flowing and, and everything. They just, just, people just love those kind of stuff. But here comes Jesus. Amen. He steps in. Amen. And the boy is dead and all hope is gone. He steps in. Amen. And he told the men taking the dead body and said, wait a minute. It's not over yet. Jesus touched the dead boy and said, young man, arise. And the Bible tells me he that was dead sat up and began to talk. When Jesus shows up, he comes to upset the enemy's plan. When Jesus shows up, he comes to mess up our Oh Lord, because you see, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I cannot let you know tonight that this is not about a funeral. This service is not about a funeral. This is about revival. Somebody shall revival. I feel it in the air. I feel the spirit of revival in the house tonight. That is not about a funeral. Amen. Clap your hands. The Lord is in the house tonight. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, when I, as a child coming to the Lord, this was one of the stories that really, one of the stories that got my attention. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Amen. What I couldn't understand when I first came to the Lord, amen, my own perception of, of the Lord, amen, coming to live in our heart was, once you came to the Lord, repented of your sins, were baptized in Jesus, the infill of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, amen, that all your troubles were over. That's what I thought. I told you when I was a child, I thought as a child. I understood as a child. Amen. But when I began to walk with the Lord, when I began to read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it dawned on me that sometimes God allows bad stuff to happen to good people. Amen. But to me, as a child then, that didn't make any sense. What made sense to me was bad stuff should happen to bad people. And good stuff should happen to good people. But it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes God allows bad stuff to happen to a good person. But when God allows bad stuff to happen to a good person, it is with the intent of making a good person a better person. Somebody say yes. Why would good people like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, including Daniel, amen, not be left alone when the king went down to Judah, I mean, to, down to Judah to invade the place, amen, what makes sense to me was all the good people would have been left alone, amen, but when God gets ready to make you a better person, he's not going to leave you alone, he takes you through some stuff, because God is not interested in us being just good. There are too many good people and doing nothing good. And God doesn't want this fine church, this blood-washed church to be just another good church in town. 
God wants a better church. God wants a church full of power. God wants a church full of the Holy Ghost. God wants a church that will make the difference in this place. God is looking for the church in which when people go in sick, they come out healed. When they go in down, they come out. Amen. God is looking for the church that will turn this community upside down. God is looking for her a better church you say oh preacher I'm already a good singer I got news for you when God gets through with you you will be a better singer you say preacher I'm already a good prayer warrior here is the news for you God wants to make you a better prayer warriors oh this is a good choice pastor brian i love it the spirit of the lord is here but don't ever make a mistake says thinking that this is the end this is not the end this is the beginning you haven't said nothing yet the best oh lord the best is yet to come because the latter rain will be more glorious than the former rain. God has some place in mind, Pastor Brian. I want to minister to the fine church tonight. Oh, yes. God has a place, a place for this church. God has a place for you as an individual. Amen. He has a brand new level for everyone sitting here today. Don't you ever get satisfied. Don't lay it back. Don't get complacent. None of us has arrived yet. There is a place in God's kingdom. He wants to Raise you. You ought to come to church every day, sitting at the edge of your seat, knowing that something good is about to happen in this place. I'm expecting a miracle today. Somebody shall yes. Somebody in the house shall yes. Oh, I'm expecting a miracle right now. Even now, as I preach this message, somebody has been loose. Even now, as I preach this message, somebody has been blessed. Even now, as I preach this message, somebody has been healed right now. You better throw your hand and say, yes. He's in the healing business right now. Oh, there's a place called there. And we are not there yet. We are struggling every day to get there. And you know, I wonder how, how does God take us to where he wants us to be? There are always, there's, there's only, there are two places in the Bible. One of those places is the, through the valley of the shadow of death. And I always say to the churches I go to, Pastor Brown, I don't like the valley. No, I'm, not, I'm a revivalist. I love to be on the mountaintop. I like those kind of services where people are shouting, where people are being filled with the Holy Ghost. I love the healing service. But God doesn't always take us to the mountaintop. Before he takes us to the mountain, he allows us to go through the valley. Yes, that's the way to the mountaintop. Amen. You cannot 
mountain top until you go through the valley. But here is the news tonight. Every valley leads to a mountain top. You didn't hear me tonight. I said every valley leads to a mountain top. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. So when you find yourself in the valley. I didn't say if you find yourself in the valley. I said when. It's just a matter of time. I don't care how many times a day you pray like Daniel. Amen. I don't care how, how devoted to God you are. We all have to go through our valley. Amen. But here is the news tonight. When you find yourself in your valley, don't let the liar, that enemy to lie to you. And to let you know that the reason why you are down there is because you have sin in your life. Don't allow the devil to lie and say because you are in your Father, God is not with you any longer. That's not what David said. David said, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. You might be in your valley, but he's with you. You might be in your valley. He hasn't left you. I don't know who I'm preaching to tonight. He's with you. In your valley, he's with you. Through your night hour, he's with you. When the rain, he's with you. God is our refuge and strength. A very person help in trouble. Therefore, were we now fear though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the water there road and be trouble, be still and know that I am God. The Lord of hosts is with us. Somebody say he's with me. Somebody better shout he's with me. You might have a little bit of problem here and there, but he's with you. You might not have a job, but he's with you. Your love one might be said, but he's with you. He did not leave you. For he said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Somebody in the house say yes. I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. I feel the Lord in the house. He said, I will never, never, never leave you. How do I feel the Holy Ghost in this place? Don't let anything lie to you. And tell you that he's left you. No. Preacher, don't you have some problems on your own? Oh, yes. I have some problems. I've had some breakdown in the valley here and there. Amen. But here is the news. I don't live in the valley. I'm just passing. You didn't hear me. I don't live in the valley. I'm just passing through. You might find yourself in the valley. Don't come out. Don't settle there. You are just passing through. Amen. The hard time will not last. Keep walking. You didn't hear me when you find yourself in the valley. Just keep walking. Keep walking. Keep walking, keep walking, one step at a time, keep walking. Somebody say walk, just keep walking. 
you will soon be out of this valley. I said you will soon be out of this valley. Some of you good people have been in this valley too long. You are fit for people. You come to church every time the door is open. You pay your tithe. You pay your offering. You are a good church person. But still you find yourself in the valley. Just keep walking. Oh, the preacher then said, run. Just keep walking. Because the battle is not to the strong, neither is the race to the swift, but he that endured to the end, the same shall, oh you didn't hear me, you don't have to run, just keep walking, one step at a time, somebody shall yes, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house, because this valley that you are, Walking through is taking you to a mountain top. Mm, that ought to give you something to shout about. I said this, 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 this particular mount, this particular valley that you are walking through is leading you to a mountain top. Pastor, just relax. Your wife will come out of this. You didn't hear me. She's just walking through the valley oh my god she didn't go to stay in the valley the devil is a liar yeah you are walking through it you are coming out you are coming out oh you are coming out somebody better believe you are oh i feel the holy ghost you are coming out oh lord Oh, oh, somebody ought to praise him tonight. Somebody ought to praise him tonight. Amen. Sometimes God doesn't use the valley of the shadow of death. Sometimes he uses the fiery furnace. And brother, I don't like the valley. Neither do I love the fiery. I don't like it. It's a dying place. It's a, it's a place of, of loneliness. It's a place of sorrow. What would a good man like Daniel find himself in captivity equivalent to that of slavery? Because when God gets ready to raise a man, when God gets ready to raise a woman, a boy or a girl, he first takes you through the fiery furnace. But here is it. The fire is not intended to destroy you. It's intended to develop your faith. The fire is not intended to punish you. The fire is intended to prepare you. Because at the end of the fire furnace, brother, there is going to be a promotion. God is going to raise some people in this church to become great pastors, great missionaries. God is getting ready to raise some people. I don't know who I'm talking to. That's the reason for the fire furnace. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego find themselves in a strange land. I don't have the time, but three things happened to these young men. I'm going to try to mention two. The first thing they did to these young men was they changed their location. 
Amen. I said they change their location. Because people feel that we are products of our environment. We believe that when you change a man's or a woman's environment, you also change who they are. But here's, here's what I always tell people. That I might as well tell you tonight. Our walk with God is not locational. It is relational. And so, it doesn't matter where you find yourself. Pastor, this place is, is, is getting small. And I prophesy that the Lord is going to shower his blessings upon you. Because we need much bigger room where to shout. We need a much bigger room where we can run the aisle. God! They change their location. You see, people feel that wherever you live will change you. I don't believe that because... I, here's my conviction. You, when you have the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name, in power from on high, you can live on the same street where they are doing drugs and you still be apostolic. You can live on the same street where there are lines and lines of nightclubs. You see, your environment doesn't change you. You change your environment. Let your light so shine before men that then they see your good work and glorify your father wishes in heaven. They change their location, but they couldn't change their relationship with God. King put up a golden image and said everybody should bow down and worship the golden image. When you look around, these three boys are still standing. And apostolic is going to be apostolic regardless of where you found them. Put them. You see, when I come to a fine church like this where the praise and worship was so dynamic, the music's right and everybody's so right in this place man and you know i had to just behave myself because somehow when you begin to sing those wonderful songs of praise i feel like taking off amen and i feel that spirit coming on me you say preacher calm down this is not africa but hear me hear me well the same jesus that baptized me with the holy ghost in africa with the effort and not speaking in tongues the same joy I felt in Africa. I feel that same joy in California. It doesn't matter my location. It is my relationship with God. It doesn't change. Hey, change my location. I'm still apostolic. You didn't hear me. I'm still one God, apostolic, Pentecostal, holy road, born again, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Change my location, but you can change that. Oh, then the, the, the second thing they did, they changed their names. They didn't know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not their original Hebrew names. The Hebrew names were Hananiah, Michelle, and Hezariah. And those names were intended to praise Jehovah God. When the heathen king took them down to 
Babylon, he changed their name to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, intending that they would behave according to their names. Don't you ever allow what the enemy calls you makes you to change who you are. Oh, Lord. I feel it coming on now. An apostolic is an apostolic. You might change your location. They are still apostolic. Change your name. They are still apostolic. You can change that. When they look around, the three Hebrews are still standing. Having done all to stand, stand. You know the enemy gives you names. And I said, well, you see, you are never going to be a mount. You're never going to amount to anything. You're a failure. And some people listen to kind of negative stuff. Faith comes by hearing. It, it didn't tell you what. Uh, you hear the negative things, you're going you're gonna to believe the negative thing, and it's going to have an effect on you. That's why when I go to church, I don't sit by negative people. Except I do it by mistake. I change my seat real fast. I want... When, when I go to church, an apostolic church, I want to find me some worshipers. Oh, oh, I want to sit by somebody who believes in a miracle. I want to sit by somebody who expects in a miracle. Oh, I sit by somebody that has some faith who believes in healing. Because you see birds of the feather flock together. I want to be with people that can worship God. They are not afraid to lift up their hands. They are not afraid to stand. They are not afraid to clap their hands. I want to sit with some worshipers so that stuff can rub off on me. I want some worshipers. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Yes. Oh no. Change. Change my location. Change my name. And they say, you see, you will never be anything. You're going to be a failure because your daddy was a jailbird. Your mama, your grandma, all did drugs. So you're going to end up in the same place. But the enemy is a liar. When you come at the foot of the cross, amen, you are not tied to your past anymore. For even a man be in Christ, even a woman be in Christ, he, she is a new creature. All things have passed away and behold, all, somebody say, all, all things have become No, 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 no. My brother, I'm not tied to my past. I come from an African village. My mama didn't know God. My daddy didn't know God. My daddy prayed to the trees and to the rivers and to the mountains. It was out of that kind of mess. 
God reached down the sand and he picked me up out of the marley clay, placed my feet on the solid rock, filled me with the Holy Ghost, turned me loose. I'm not tied to my past. I was born there, but I came out because I'm a new creature. Listen to me, church. It's not where you came from. It's where you are going. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Those of us that came out of some mess. You know, our worship is a little different. I know it. You say, well, preacher, calm down. You don't have to be all that emotional. That's easier said than done. Because here is my perception tonight. The greater the miracle, the louder the praise. It's easy to sit down and just raise your hand just barely enough and say, Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Jesus, you, you've been so nice to me. You Thank you for healing my little headache. Hey, what he did for me was more than healing the headache. He brought me out of some mess. He brought me out out of witchcraft. You better wait for me now because I came to praise him when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. My soul cries out. Praise God for saving me. Oh no. What is the enemy calling you tonight? And some of you believe that kind of stuff. You know, the story that intrigues me in the Bible, one of the stories is the story of Jacob and Esau. Before their birth, God had told the parents that a younger will rule the elder. I don't know if they heard that. But even before their birth, before they were born, the two guys begin to fight in the womb. Jacob is wrestling for a blessing. I know this is a deep theology, okay? I'm trying to explain that. They are still struggling and Jacob wants it. Jacob is wired for the blessing. Jacob is set for the blessing. Amen. And when they were born, the parents looked at Jacob and said, your name is Jacob. That name didn't match what God said. Jacob means a liar, a supplanter, a tricker, you, you name it, all of the bad things that can go in and in. That's what Jacob means. I hope nobody's called Jacob here tonight. If you are, we just call you Israel for sure. But here's a man that God had prophesied about that he will have some blessings. But then the parents call him Jacob. Jacob began to live up to his name. Begin to lie, begin to cheat, and begin to steal. Don't allow what an enemy calls you to define you. 
But what I like about God, long story short, I don't have time to go through it. Jacob finally, amen, is running from Esau because he has stolen a birthright. That's why we call it, we say he has stolen a birthright. God met him at the, at the top of the mountain. He's sleeping at the, top of, at the bottom of the mountain. And God appears to him and said, Jacob, I'm the God of Abraham and your father Isaac. The ground on which you lay, I'm going to give it to you. God never mentioned anything about stealing a birthright. I want you to go back and read that. He said, I will bless you. And you can curse that which God has blessed. All through the time, Jacob goes and gets rich by all kinds of means because he's living up to his, 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 his name. He comes to a place, amen, and Jacob is going to meet him. Esau is going to meet him with 403 men, and Jacob is scared to death. Then he, he lied down to sleep. He couldn't sleep that night. He met a man, and they wrestled all night. Here's what I want to bring to you. They wrestle and wrestle and wrestle. And the man, believed to be an angel of the Lord, said, let me go. The day is breaking. And Jacob said, I won't let you go until you bless me. And the angel turned around to, the, to Jacob and said, what is your name? And he said, Jacob, that's what they call me. A liar, a supplanter, man, a thief. And the angel said, from this day onward, your name shall not be called Jacob anymore. Your name shall be called Israel, for you are a prince with God. And you, let me say, hey, that's not even what I want to say. Here's a question I want to ask you. Could it just be that people call you something and then God has a different name for you? Could it just be there's a hidden name that you have not even discovered yet? Is the enemy calling you a failure because you failed before? Read the holy writ. Not one man, not one woman in the Bible didn't make a mistake. But God still used them. You are not a failure because you failed. When you tried and fail, rise up and tried again. Because the, the race of heaven is not those that make it in first, but those that make it to the end, the same shall be saved. They changed the name of the three Hebrew boys, but they couldn't change their God. They were still standing Regardless of what you call them, don't allow what enemy calls you makes you to change who you are. Still be a one God. Apostolic Pentecostals. The king turned to the guys and said, you don't understand, don't you? You don't understand because if you don't bow, the fire has been heated seven times, you are going to burn. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are standing before the king. Hand bound, feet bound. The fire has been here seven times. And I'm sure these guys pray. They're humans. They pray. But no amount of prayer changed anything. The fire was still heated seven times. It burned brighter and hotter. You know what? I know I preach it. We all preach it. We all heard it. That prayer changes things, right? That's not always true. 
I mean, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. If prayer were changing things, then all the lions in Daniel's den would have been killed. But the lions were still alive. All the fire in the furnace still was burning bright, even though they prayed. Because you see, prayer doesn't always change things. Prayer changes us. So that we perceive the situation differently. Because the way we see the problem is the problem. Your perception is depending on your perspective. So what God does sometimes, he changes us so we look at a situation differently. Because you see, God doesn't always save from a situation. Sometimes God saves in the situation. God didn't save Daniel from the lions. Then he saved Daniel in the lions then. He didn't say Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego out of the fiery furnace. He saved them in the fiery furnace. Our problem is sometimes we limit God and say, oh God, I can trust you outside the fire. I don't know about trusting you inside the fire. Lord, I can trust you out of the valley, but I don't know about trusting you in the valley. But he's a God in the, he's the God in the fire as much as he's God outside the fire. He's not just the God on the mountain. He's the God in the valley. He's not just the God in the lions then or outside the lions then. He's God inside the lions then. We shouldn't limit God. He's God anywhere you put him. He's God during the good time. But he's God during the bad time. Hands die, feet die. Pastor, when I get to this section of this message, I, I get a little emotional. Where was God when his faithful people were being tied, hands and feet? It seems that heaven was so silent. Have you ever got into a situation before? The more you pray, the worse things got. I have been there before. I prayed in the morning, brother. I got up in the night. I prayed, but things just stood there and stirred at me in the face. Not that God didn't hear me because his ears are not heavy that he cannot hear. Neither are the hands short enough he cannot say. Sometimes when we pray like that, amen, God is silent. But his silence is not the same as his absence. He is saying to you, hey. This particular problem, I'm not going to save you from. You can't go around it. You can't avoid it. We are going through it together. Because you see, miracles will take you around the problem or will save you from the problem. But faith will take you through the problem. And that's why sometimes your prayers seem to be so delayed. It's not delayed. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, amen, are standing there. And the king ordered his great men in the, in the kingdom to throw them bodily into the fiery furnace. And it was then when they fell down, bound in the midst of the fire, the old king rose up and said, wait a minute. Didn't we cast to the men bound in the fiery furnace? They said, yes, O king. He said, but I see four men, and they are loose. And they are 
walking. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. But, but here, here's what I want to let you know. You think when, when, the, when the three Hebrews finally got up from whatever position they were in and they stood on their feet and the fourth man lose their hands and their feet, you think they just stood there or sat there and said, oh, Mr. Fourth Man, that was kind of cute on your part. We were all bound up and tied up and facing execution by fire. You came and you lose us, set us free. Thank you, Mr. Ford Man. See you next week, okay? No, that was not their style because you got to understand what these young men were facing. You got to understand what God brought them through. Amen to them. It was finished. All hope was gone. <laughs> the enemy concluded that these guys were not coming back because the fire was heated seven times and met execution by fire. Amen. But when all kings looked into the fire furnace, he expected silence. He expected stillness. He expected a bunch of dead people with ashes all in the place. But all of a sudden, the king saw some feet kicking up, some hand raised up, and they're walking, and they are dancing, joined by the four men in the fire. Amen. It was a celebration. Hear me, and hear me well. Amen. Then the king went to the mouth of the fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, no God can save like your God. Come forth. And the Bible says these three young men came walking out of the fiery That's not how they went in. That's not how they went in. They would tie hands and feet. I don't know who can attest to this. How many of you have been so sick? They had a call in the ambulance. They took you to the hospital, not by yourself. They took you to the emergency room. And the enemy said, you weren't coming back. They expected people to roll you out in your casket. But the church began to pray. When the enemy thought it was over, you came walking out. You didn't hear me. You came walking out. That's not how you went in. We are to praise God tonight. Isn't it funny how the enemy thinks he got it all figured out when you're going to die, when you're not going to die. So funny. Tied these young men and said, well, they're not coming back. Hey, the devil doesn't have the final saying. The enemy doesn't have the final scene. The devil couldn't kill you if he wanted to. He doesn't have the power anymore. When Jesus rose, he met John on the island of Podmore. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. I'm alive. I'm alive forevermore. And I have in my hand the keys of death and hell. The devil doesn't have the power anymore 
I want to preach to you tonight. Deborah doesn't have the final say. Amen. Let me end with my testimony tonight. I said they are loose and they are walking. If, if you think some of us are going to come to church and lay back to be in the team, you better read that book again. I say you better read this book again. Because some of us are not about to shut up for no reason. Amen. Because when we were in trouble, we didn't shut up. We were like the lepers. Jesus, the son of David, have mercy on us. Isn't it funny how people can shout when they're in trouble? When God has delivered them, they come to church and sit like the Statue of Liberty. They don't shake, they don't raise their hand. People got to want them to praise God. I got news for you. Nobody has to push me. Nobody knows. I know what the Lord has done for me. Oh, I'm going to praise him all the days of my life. They are loose. What, what, what the three Hebrews did when, when, when the fourth man delivered them, the Lord turned their mourning into dancing. He turned their sorrow into joy. Some Pentecostals have been saved and delivered, but they don't know joy. Last the battle tell you that this thing is all about joy. If you don't feel joy about your church, who's going to feel joy about it? Don't tell me that the people on the board feel going to have more fun than we do here. I know better than that. We serve a good God. He's been good to me. I can just stop praising him. Come on, somebody clap your hand. We need to be happy and have joy in our soul. It was a celebration. No more shackle, no more shame. We are free of lies. Oh, but let me, let me, let me, let me tell you why some of us are. I know we all can't get us crazy. I know we all can't get as crazy as I am because I know if we all got as crazy as I am, we'd be in trouble. I know that. I know some, some of you, some of you worship God differently. You, you are, you are quiet. You are, you are sincere. The Lord still hears you. That's fine. But just don't criticize those of us that worship with all our emotions with all our spirit soul and body because you ought to have been there when the Lord saved me you ought to have been there to see the kind of thing he brought me from so when I come to church I don't want to be like anybody else I want to worship God let nobody worship me I want to praise God because I don't know what is done for me it's time to celebrate so my wife and I were in a little African village trying to take care of a Christian school I was the principal of the school my wife took care of the girls amen so we had a very nice job but when the rebels attacked the country of Liberia Amen. People were taking off and hiding in places. My assistant pastor came to me and said, Brother Edwin, the rebels just attacked a village close to us. We know they are heading this way. So you have three boys. They're still, they are very young. They can't run like everybody else. We want to take them with us so we can hide in the next village. 
when you dispatch the students from off campus tomorrow, you can join us so we can find a place to hide. We thought that was a fine plan. That night, my wife and I stayed on the campus with the hope that the next day the students would be gone and would join our kids. That night, the rebels attacked the village where they took my three boys. And they were killing people, setting buildings on fire. I heard the news. I listened to the radio and I heard the news, but I was kind of scared to tell my wife because I didn't know the reaction. The following morning, I had to tell her, I said, honey, I don't know what we're going to do because the rebels overran the city last night with our three boys in there. My wife broke down and began to sob. What happened to our three boys? Are they killed? Are they hurt? Or are they hungry? We, we were forced. We wanted to go to find our boys, but the security to us, we couldn't go any further. We turned around, heading towards Monrovia. That's, that's our capital city in Liberia. Amen. On our way, three months without our boys. Boys lost at the front, the war front, where people had been killed. Three months with our three boys were in Monrovia. Amen. One night, one morning, we got up past, so we found ourselves in the hand of the same rebels. Painted faces, weak hair, and long knives, and AK-47 in their hands. They're entering homes and killing people, taking their properties. There was, a, there, was a, there was a pregnant woman in, the next, in, in another house when they saw the rebels coming. She ran for the house, and the rebels ran behind this pregnant woman and shot her in the back. The pregnant woman fell down to the ground with the unborn baby still shaking inside of her. There was no ambulance, there was no hospital, no clinic, no doctor. She and the baby died in that hot sun. And my wife at the time was expecting a child, so we joined. We joined 50,000 people on foot. We are going through what I call the valley of the shadow of death. Pastor, when I talk about the valley of the shadow of death, I've been there. I've seen dead body, fresh killed body, freshly killed body. I've seen decomposed bodies. In the valley of the shadow of death, we've gone through, we've been sandwiched between two fighting forces, the rebels shooting from this side and the government soldiers are shooting from this side. We had to go through the bullets. I've seen it all. Amen. We came a little way in the hands of rebels now because uh, we're forced to run towards their side. They are covering all the, the we are now their captives. Uh, we came to a place and this rebel guy with his gun just kept staring at me. I thought God knew me, so as a Holy Ghost filled Christian, I decided, well, I ain't going to show any fear. So that big old Holy Ghost smile just kind of broke across my face. You know, kind of trying to fake it too, you know. So. And this guy got so mad, he ran towards me with a long knife in his hand. He stuck it on my throat and said, who are you laughing at? You think I look funny? I'm going to kill you now. Man. All the Holy Ghost smile went away real fast. <laughs> My God. This God had just shot a guy right by me. And there were people being killed by us. And he said, I'm going to kill you. But for some reason, he let, he let me go. We were walking up the road. We came to their gate, the rebel's gate. They said, everybody should stand in line. Take your time. Stand in line. And they're asking a question. What's your name? What's your tribe? Who do you work for? Long story short, right before my, ex, my, my wife, who was expecting the baby, 
they grabbed me by the arm, pulled me out of the line among everybody, and this guy stared at me in the face and said, man, you are about to die. We are going to kill you. In my heart, I made sure I didn't say loud enough for you to hear. I said, you're going to what? God said, you are about to die. This guy just, they just killed a guy right by me. And the rebel said, you're going to die next. My wife broke down and began to cry and said, oh, please don't kill my husband. He's a pastor. We don't know the whereabouts of our three boys. We don't even know whether they're alive. Please spare my husband. And the rebel said, we don't want to hear you, woman. We don't believe your story. So just move. My wife took a few steps and hid herself behind the bush. And she's looking and praying. And the rebels took me to execution ground. They told me to take off my shirt. My shirt was gone. Take off your shoes. My shoes were gone. Take off your socks. When the de- when the, I, call, I almost called them devils, but devils and rebels are the same anyway. When the rebels undress you, it means that you are not coming back. You are dead. And the reason why they will undress you before they shoot you is because they don't want your blood to spill in your, in your own clothes. Because that's how the rebels got their clothes. And when my wife saw them undressing me, she just broke down and said, it is finished. No amount of prayer she prayed changed anything. The more she prayed, the more they beat me. They were giving me a real beating. And I'm standing there. One God, apostolic, Pentecostal, <laughs> preacher, Holy Ghost, filled, baptized in Jesus' name. I'm naked from my head down to my waist. Then I begin to say, God, where are you? <laughs> it seemed like God spoke from heaven and said, I never moved. Heaven is still my throne and the earth is still my footstool. He said, don't stop talking. Hey, they would ask me one question, I would give them an answer right back. When I ran out of question, I would in turn ask them questions. Something inside me told me, don't give up. Just keep hanging in there. Help is on the way. Amen. The problem with God's people, when we get in trouble, we give up too soon. If we just can hang in there and a little while longer, help is always on the way. I'm standing there half naked down to my waist and I turn around and begin to encourage myself, Pastor. I said, I shall not die but live. And I'm going to declare the works of God in the land of the living. Now some of you begin to see why some of us are so crazy in church. Amen. Because you see, I promise the Lord that if you save my life, I'm not going to shut up. Everybody going to hear it because the dead people can praise God. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. He spared my life so that I could praise him he spared my life so that I could worship him I feel like worshiping him I shall not die 
but lay so that I can declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. You say, preacher, didn't you see the dead bodies, the decomposed bodies all around you? Oh, yes, I saw the dead bodies. Didn't you see the guns? I saw the guns, but I looked beyond the guns. I looked beyond the dead bodies, and I saw the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, who said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. When you go through the waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, I will be with you. When you go through the fire, it will not burn the saw the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. As Christians, we got to learn to say what the word of God says about us. The problem I have with Christians is they say the wrong thing and they expect the right answer. If you don't like what you are getting, change what you are saying. I say if you don't like what you are getting, change what you are saying. Jesus said unto the disciples, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and that be thou cast into yonder sea. And shall not doubt in his mind, but shall believe that those things which you said shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say. If you are going to have whatsoever you say, you might as well say some good things because you will get it. The reason why I'm here tonight is because in the midst of death, I said I shall not die. You got to encourage yourself in the midst of the mess. I'm standing there, amen, and the rebels are conversing among themselves. What should we do with this man? The rebels were saying in themselves, oh, a preacher going to die today. Isn't it funny the devil thing he got it all figured out? Oh, and then somebody's going to die today. I'm standing there looking at all these guys with all the guns in their hands. And just before they could raise their rifles to shoot, probably from count five to count one, count five, four, three, two, one, before they could shoot, something miraculous took place. A man showed up. I didn't see him coming. I don't know his name. I can't describe him. And he told the rebels, don't shoot that man. Well, you got to know who rebels are. Rebels don't listen to anybody. That's why they are called rebels. Because they don't listen to anybody. But for some reason, these women were willing to listen to this single man with a commanding voice. The man turned around and said, man, who are you? I said, I'm Pastor Edwin. I'm sure I added my title. I'm Pastor Edwin Foppa. I pastor a church. He said, do you have an ID card on you? I said, oh, yes, I have one. And I showed him my ID card. And he read my title, Reverend Edwin Foppa. And he turned around to the rebels that were ready to execute me and said, don't shoot this man. This is a man of God. Leave him. He turned around to me and I said, man, Take your clothes. I reached down nervously and grabbed my clothes. He said, preacher, were you naked? Oh, yes. Halfway down to my waist. Did you take time to dress up to look all nice? You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> Grab 
grabbed my things, put them on my arms, and I took her down. The, the road ran into the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. When I gave my back to run, one of the rebels grabbed an AK-47 rifle and shot. But the bullets came flying by me, and I kept running. But again, how do you, how do you, how do you miss with an AK-47? 32 rounds per minute, but I kept running. When my wife heard the sound of the gun, she jumped from behind a bush. She's running towards me, and I'm running towards her. We came face to face. I said, honey, where in the world are you going? She said, when I heard the sound of the gun, I concluded that you've been killed. I was coming so I could be killed too, or I was coming to see your dead body on the ground. So I will go and tell the folks, at least I know where my husband died. And I said, oh, no. The God who serve is better than that. Amen. Because he's an on-time God. He may not show up when you want him. But when you need him, he will surely show up. In the midst of the dead body, my wife and I ran to that town and our three boys that have been missing for three months, we saw them alive, untouched, unhurt, unharmed. The four men have brought them out. I'm here to let you know that he's not just a God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He's my God too. He lose them. He set me free. I could have died. But oh, he set me. Now I, I, I'm concluding this message. So some of us, when we go to church, that, that thing reoccurs. Amen. Because pastor, 250,000 people died. I could have been one of them. Our secretary treasurer of the work in Liberia died. Two pastors died from our organization died and God brought me out and gave me life and gave me hope. You think I'm going to go to church and lay back to be entertained? You got something else coming because when I show up, I want to praise him. How did it happen the Lord who was on my side? When the enemy rose up against me, then I would have been dead. I would have been there but thank God he's saving so I know tonight the four men is in the house tonight what he did for me he can still do it for you listen we all have our fiery furnaces your fiery furnace might not be in Babylon it might not be in an African village but we sure have our fiery furnaces. Unemployment is a fiery furnace. When you're laid off from your job and the bills continue to show up in the mailbox, that's a fiery furnace. When your health fails and the doctor's report comes back and it's not encouraging, that's a fiery furnace. When a house in which you live for all your life or half of your life and you see it facing foreclosure, that's a fiery furnace. 
everybody got some fiery furnace tonight. But what the Lord is about to do in this house tonight, he's about to loose some people from their worry. Loose you from your fear. Because his eye is on the sparrows. If he can feed the birds of the air and clothe the flowers of the field, he will take care of you. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. The same God will loosen. The same God will say, me free. He's in the house tonight. He will loose you. You too can walk to victory. Who am I talking to tonight? Run to this altar. Run to this altar. Run to this altar. If you are sick, amen. If you are bound with fear, if you are bound with anxiety, come on to this altar tonight. I'm talking to you. I'm coming to you. I'm talking to you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Or if you need the Holy Ghost, come on tonight. Come on. Yes, he's about to lose some people. The musicians, please come. The music people, please come to, to where you're supposed to be. Let's have church tonight. Let, let's, let's, let's have church. Where are the musicians? Where are the musicians? Where are the musicians? Come to where you're supposed to be. Amen. Play something. Oh, I feel something in the house tonight. Oh, my God. I feel something in the house tonight. I want to listen to me. I want to listen to me. I want to hear some music, please. Okay. That's it. Okay. Right. I want to listen to me. Some of you came to this fine church tonight. Bound hands and feet by the enemy. Some of you came here tonight. Some of you came in here tonight. Bound with sickness and diseases. Some of you came bound emotionally. Some of you are bound psychologically. Some of you are bound physically and spiritually and emotionally. What I want to declare in this house tonight is freedom. Somebody say freedom. For him whom the sun sets free is freed in me. Raise your hands in the presence of the Lord right now. The, the four men is in the house. The four men is about to loose you tonight. Loose you from your sickness. Loose you from your disease. It's got to go. It got to go. It got to go. It got to go. It got to go. That disease got to go. That anxiety got to go. That habit got to go. Your sins got to go. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Oh, Lord. Yeah, and I pray the prayer of faith you are loose you are loose by the four men in the name of Jesus loose 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 walk walk out of your valley tonight oh Lord. 